שם השם נעשה ונצליח בהשם עלינו ברחמיו ירביה. Tonight we will have the honor to have our beloved Hacham Zuri Katan with a special surprise guest. We want to welcome Eli Bia and Moshe Teitelbaum to our tourism program, Gatsum Letova. Including... No, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Oh, United States of America, New York, Miami, USA, Canada, Spain, from all over the world. We want to let you know who is Eli. Eli is the founder of United States, United, I'm sorry, United Hatzalah of Israel and president of Friends of United Hatzalah. Kol HaMekayem Nefesh Ahad Meisrael Kilu Kayam Olam Maleh. El is much more than that. El is a role model to every person in the world. There is Orche Oseg Besorche Tzibur Vemuna. His impact is all over the world. If it's in Iran or any Hasbe Shalom, any tragedy, he is there for Klal Israel. Incredible Kiddush Hashem. He is constantly making Baruch Hashem. Hashem shall bless Eli with continuous success in all his endeavors, in good health and happiness. Thank you, Eli. for joining our program tonight. May Hashem bless you and give you all the brachot and thank you. Elias Chavot. Gracias, Ham Yossi. Moshe. Bienvenidos. Hoy es una noche especial, como ya dijo Ham Yossi Mizrahi. Tenemos el honor, como todos los lunes, de tener a Ham Suri Katán. Y si eso ya era de estar de manteles largos, Hoy estamos más con la presencia de Eli Bir y Moshe Teitelbaum, fundadores y creadores de Atzalá en Israel y en el mundo, que su vida es salvar otras vidas y por eso Hashem los ha bendecido a todos ellos mucho. Será una clase especial. Queremos decirle a todos que tenemos traducción simultánea con el Jajam Abraham Cohen. Uno se va a los tres puntitos, interpretación de idiomas, y pone en español, y ahí lo pueden escuchar en español, ya que la plática será en inglés y también en hebreo, así que Besrat Hashem, el que quiera escucharlo, lo puede oír en español, ni interpretación de idiomas. También decirles que tenemos una cartelera espectacular, hoy como ya dije, a Ham Suri Katan, acompañado de Moshe Teitelbaum y de Eli Bir, mañana tenemos a Rabba Rashid de la comunidad Magen David, a Ham Shalomot Awil, El, mar, el miércoles Ham Shemov en Hamu y el jueves Ham Yaakov Nakash y así seguimos toda la semana torazoom.com Instagram Gam bajo Zoom donde tenemos las frases y las cápsulas de 80 días que cambiarán tu vida sin más preámbulo que esta clase sea para Berajayas Dajá de todo Am Israel Refuash Elemade Deni Yedidia Ben Ruti Salomón Ben Alicia también de Jaime Nisim, Jaime Ben Yafalinda, Bacheva Batrahel, de Moy Ben Leti Latife, también Refuash Elema, de Aarón Ben Linda, Benjamin Ben Rosa, y todo el que necesite Refuash Elema, que sale Irún Ishmat, Yosef Ben Zahie, y Rab Abraham Ben Zakem Ben Rahel, y para Berajá y Azdajá de todo Am Israel. Aham Suri, un honor tenerte, Eli Bir, welcome, Moshe Teitelbaum, thank you very much for joining us. for give us the Sahut to be with us tonight, and the Siata Dishmaya, 
Thank you very much. Adelante. Hola, buenas noches a todos. Gracias a la gente que está aquí con nosotros aquí en el Shvaketer Torah. Gracias a la gente de Gamsum Letoval. La verdad, les agradezco muchísimo por haberse conectado. Tenemos entre nosotros dos grandes personajes. Aquí el vivir, Moshe Tetemar, de verdad, es para mí un honor muy grande. Very special for me, for the Tibur, sí, to come here to Mexico City. Anid Medaber Beibrit, Envia Vino. I met the Sheani Midrakesh Meot. Estoy muy este, emocionado, muy contento de tener a estas dos personas aquí. Siempre les he dicho, Anita Midomer Bashurum Sheli, Sheolam, Mishtane, Lobiglal, Arpea Nashim, Birbe, Yehidim, Yehid Meshanet Aolam. Tamid Ani Omer, Ani Omer Lachem Achshab, de Gamzum Letovab, el Jomishen Imsapo, Etzlenu Nitzayim, Shten Anashim, Sheshino et Aolam. Israel, como se dice, mi pi Moishe, mi pi Eli, Bemet, Zermusar Gadol, Anime otra city, Shem Yabu, Lekan, Shetedu, Shevador, Shelanu, Yesha Nashim, Shem Hutzla Bait, Yoter, mi Matan, Yamim gente que está en su casa más de 200 días no para pasear no para lo quieren hacer para una cosa para chalat nefashot las personas que tenemos acá dedican más de la mitad de su tiempo para el tibur para los demás y por eso thank you de verdad thank you so much Rav Eli thank you Ramoshe to come yes geoniman Edmond Pagashti etstein Thank you, thank you for coming. Thank you, Ramoyshe. Ramoyshe is, uh, is the founder, but Moishe is the person who se dedica día a día el que lleva la operación de Atzalá, ayer me dijeron cerca de 1.500 a 2.000 emergencias diarias cubren en Eretz Israel. Y bueno, quiero empezar con Moishe, que nos platiques un poquito, porque él habla español, que nos cuente un poquito sobre lo que es United Atzalá en Eretz Israel y todo el que es el gesto que están haciendo. Muchas gracias. Por Perdón la interrupción, nomás decir a la gente que está preguntando, tenemos traducción simultánea. Se van a interpretación de idiomas, ponen español y pueden oírlo en español. Adelante. Para mí es un gran, gran honor estar acá esta noche y compartir con ustedes todos juntos qué es Atzalá en Eretz Israel. 
todos nosotros sabemos como Am Israel que es Atzala, acá Baruch Hashem tenemos Atzala en México, que, es, que hacen un gran, gran labor y, y toda la comunidad de, de, de cada lugar escucho Shvahim sobre el trabajo de Atzala. Nosotros estamos hablando sobre United Atzala que está en Israel y él vio, tenía el sujut hace 26 años yo como me, me gana en cinco años más, pero eh, tenía el sujo de conocer a Eli y ser el socio de él para esta idea y este labor que Atzala hace en el Israel. Y le voy a contar un poquito sobre la familia Atzala en el Israel, que es Atzala. Más de los números de 6.500 voluntarios y más de los 1.500 a 2.000 emergencias de día. Atzala atiende no solamente eh, una persona que ahora necesita ayuda médica, es salvar nefashot. Y para, para, para dar un ejemplo, ¿qué es salvar nefashot? Hoy se lo conté, no ponemos cuenta, no ponemos eh, la mashabá, la, atención. ¿Hasta cuánto esto llega? ¿Hasta qué lejos puede llegar eso? Le di un ejemplo que hace unos años entré a una casa de una familia, Shomer Shabbat, en Jerusalén, que la mamá, la mitad de la ciudad, desmayó, perdió, perdió el conocimiento, tenía un infarto. Y la mamá, cuando se trató de agarrar antes que se cayó al piso, arrancó el mantel de la mesa y todos los vasos, los vidrios, la comida, todo en el piso. Yo entro a la casa, veo a la mamá en el, en el piso, veo a los chicos, niños, me parece que eran cinco niños de, de los dos años para arriba, hasta quince. Están llorando, el papá está llorando y todos me ven a mí como el, el ángel que voy a salvar la situación. Y yo le pongo el defibrilador y viene otro voluntario más y empezamos a hacer CPR y, y trabajar 20 minutos, 30 minutos. Y los niños los alejamos, le decimos, ah, vayan al autocuarto para no estar, no ver. Pero lo escucho llorando y todo ese tiempo que estoy trabajando sobre una mamá de 38 años, estoy pensando, más de salvar a esta mamá, ¿Qué va a pasar con estos niños? Gracias a Dios, Baruch Hashem, después de cinco días, esa mamá regresó a la casa a pierna. Ahora le dije a este jajam hoy que le dije, estos niños, si Haz y Shalom no tenían la mamá, ¿quién lo acostaba la noche? ¿Quién le va, la, le va a dar la atención? ¿Quién le va a dar la comida? ¿Quién le va a dar la buena palabra? Atzalá no es solamente eh, eh, salvar a una señora, es salvar una familia, es un, es, puede ser, no solamente este, este generation, esta, solo, generación. esta generación, sino también otra generación, no se puede saber nunca dónde va a salir una peculiar, una cosa que estamos haciendo en este mundo ahora, no sabemos qué va a pasar después de eso, y ahora cuando entramos yo y Eli, del Jajam Karadi, nos mostró la Agdama, de Rabhaim Ibolodin, de Sefer Nefesh Haim. La introducción del Nefesh Haim. Sí. 
אידיסא אל נפש החיים, כה היה דברו, דברו אליי תמיד, כל האדם לא לעצמו נברא, אונא פרסונה נושא. פה קריאת הפראל מיסמו, סינו פרה איודר האוטרוס. איתו דה לפוארסה כתיאנה, לפוארסה פרה איודר הלוסוטרוס. היא מפרסה, כאוי קונדוברוס הצלה אין ישראל, כאיודה תנתא חנטם. אין תנתא אניוס דה, מה זה דבי תאניוס כסטמוס קוניונייטד הצלה, אנדה סטמיר אבי הצלה. פרונסטה פלטפורמה דה יונייטד הצלה. ‫היא מיונס, מיונס, מיונס בפרסונס, ‫כססלברון, רסיביון, ‫איודה גרטיס, ‫סינדה חלרון, ברושור, ‫סינדה דסירי כסל נומרודל בנקו, ‫סינדה, סולומן תחסד, ‫אנחלס תחסד, ‫כוויינן על הנוצ'ה, על הדיה, שבת, ‫אבסס בן לספוטוס דה לוס אקסידנטס, ‫דה לוס אטקס דה טרור, ‫ורואה סוסון פוסטרטך צ'יקיטו. ‫למיוריה דה לוס אמרקנסיה, ‫דה לוס קאסוס, סון אינפרדו, סון חנטה, סון חנטה כנוע, נוסה מנאדה, נוטיינה פובליסידאד, נוסה לובה, נוסה לא אסקוצ'ה, סון חנטה קווייט, אי אסוס וולונטריוס נוסה קאנסה, דיה אינוצ'ה, דיה אינוצ'ה, שבת וחג, דרך אגב הפמיליה, אי קורן, הסלוואר וידס. עסיק, הוא פופולו מתי, לא כאסל ארץ ישראל, וולונטריוס ארץ ישראל, ‫היא אלי ביר, כסטאקו מסור דוסקה, ‫כסמפונדדות דהצלה, ‫אלה תדיו, כנשיא דסון גרנד קרמיו, ‫וכתוס נוסטן פרומונטנדו, ‫איי סרוויסיו מדיקו אל ישראל, ‫איי מגן דוד, ‫איי סרוויסיו, ‫לא איזה סתן אין 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 דוסה אבסס קינסה אבסס נואבה, פרו אסוס וידה, אסוס אונבידס. זה פרודנו מבחינם לאידאה דאובר, פרנטה דון טקסי כסלד אל האסטסיון, אסוס הצלה. הצלה עשתה סייס מיל קינייטוס וולונטריוס בקרדה פונטו, כביחן, כבן, כטרווחן, כסטנה מיל קולכיו, מקוונדו סבמוס כאיונה אמרחציה סרקה, או סבמוס הסקר על וולונטריום מסרקנו, כבנטאי כסלדו וידה. ‫תודה. נותן לך מה אתה עושה, בשביל מה אתה נוסע חול הבית, מתי מתאבי, כסס דושין ¿Ya se salieron, Javier? Sí, parece que se salieron. Ok. Alright. So, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm really, really happy to be here with you tonight. It's such an inspiring moment for me. 
to be here in a, such a beautiful Bet Midrash where people are sitting and learning Torah. And the rabbi just told me, the rabbi, the Chacham, told me that the connection between Hatzalah, United Hatzalah, and the Bet Midrash is in order to save someone's life, you have to have two things. It's also the goof and also the nefesh. Here in Bet Midrash, they save the nefesh. You can't save the nefesh without saving the goof. Actually, I heard this from the Lubavitcher Rebbe many, many years ago. When the Hatzalah started actually in Brooklyn, and uh, and then it was a new thing. And uh, the Babacha Rebbe said this, that you can't save the nefesh, you, you can't save the nefesh without saving the Google. Sure. So you ask me a question, why do I travel 200 year, days a year? I travel to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see you if I didn't travel. Don't need it to so much days. <laughs> I, uh, I enjoy traveling a lot. I, uh, I, I speak about United Nets a lot, all the time. This is my passion and love. This organization started with a dream of saving one person. I was a young boy. I grew up in Jerusalem and uh, Yerushalayim and Bait Vagan. Many of you heard of Bait Vagan. And uh, I was six years old when I had a bus that stopped next to the bus stop next to my school on a Friday afternoon. The number 12 bus that blew up in front of my eyes. And I remember this as a child, seeing so many people laying there on the floor, screaming for help. And I was just a child. I, I didn't know what to do. I, was, I couldn't help anyone. But people were screaming, please help, help, help. And I just ran away from them. And I always said to myself, one day I want to save one life. And then I grew up. And when I was 15 years old, I went to volunteer in an ambulance in Jerusalem. And when I volunteered, I had the best feeling in the world to help someone, to, to, to do chesed, to help people. But one thing bothered me. For a year and a half, I volunteered in an ambulance. And I used to write down every emergency when we received it and when we arrived. And I realized it takes us 17 minutes in average to get to someone. And every time someone called for help, we're not breathing, or having a heart attack or a very bad incident. By the time we got there, it was too late. And I realized that we don't get there fast enough. And it's all about how fast you get there. And then we had an incident with a seven-year-old boy who choked from a hot dog. And the mother called for help. The mother called for emergency, for an ambulance. And she was crying, help save my son. He's not breathing. And it took us 21 minutes to get to this boy. And then after uh, we got to uh, this little boy, we started doing CPR. And a doctor came in from a, a building next door. He saw the ambulance park downstairs. And he said, how can I help? I'm a doctor. I want to help. And we told him, of course, we don't want to happen. And he started working with us for 35 minutes. We're working on this boy. The choice saving him. And the mother's crying and we're crying. And then the doctor says, just bring a sheet to cover this boy. We can't do it. Balminan, a little boy, seven years old. And I realized that this kid could have been alive if this doctor who lived just a few seconds away, if he knew about it 21 minutes earlier. This is called the Hafta Larecha If this doctor would have known about this 21 minutes earlier, he would have run over and saved him. But he didn't know. So I then decided something doesn't make sense. Ambulances can save lives. People can save lives. And if every emergency will be, could you imagine every emergency, everyone who could help will know about it. So everyone would run to save this boy, including this doctor. 
And that's how the idea started from that moment of this boy laying on the floor. This incident changed my life. And I decided I want to save a life. And I decided to get my friends. I went to the ambulance organization. They didn't want to hear about it. They said nothing. If someone helps, needs help, you must get an ambulance. I said, I just want to help a little. I could maybe for my home every time they have an emergency. And uh, they said, no. So I said, you know what? I'm going to use the Israeli innovation called chutzpah. You probably all heard about it. And I went ahead and I bought police scanners, walkie-talkies from Radio Shack in New York. I was 16 and a half years old. And we built an underground organization to listen to the ambulances when they have an emergency. That's how we started. We used to listen in an underground place with two walkie-talkies. And the first emergency I came to was a man laying on the floor. He was hit by a car. And I heard on the walkie-talkie, they're sending an ambulance. And when I arrived, I saw him on the floor. And I tried to help him. I, I was there within 30 seconds, but I didn't have any bandages on me. No bandages, no nothing to stop his bleeding. So I took off my kippah, off my head. And I used it as a tourniquet. And I put it in. Like this, pushed it in as much as I could and waited for a long time until an ambulance arrived. And then the ambulance came. They took him to the hospital. I didn't know if he'll survive. But two days later, I get a phone call to my home. My father had a bookstore in the public death. So everyone knew my father. So they called my home. They said, are you the boy who treated someone in a Pisgah street? I said, yes. They said, he woke up this morning in Adasa Hospital. And he wants to thank you for saving his life. Could you come over? And I started crying. It's like winning the lottery. I waited so many years to save someone. And finally, I got the opportunity to save someone, to save a Jewish life. And I went to visit this man in Hadassah, and he was laying there on his bed. And he gave me this incredible hug. I will never forget the feeling of that hug. And then when he took his hands off me, I saw he had a number on his hand. This man had a number with a few letters on it. It was a tattooed number. And that moment, that single moment changed my life forever. I realized how easy it is to save a person's life if you do it immediately. If you do it immediately, you save someone. If you wait a little, even 10 seconds, a minute, two minutes, it's too late. And that's how this whole idea of United Atsala started. And that's why I travel here. <laughs> Uh, Suri, antes de que continúe, eh, eh, Suri, eh, Eli, I just want you to know that people writing me in the text, in the message, telling me that uh, more than 300 people pray when you were in the hospital for Refuah Shulema because they knew what kind of guy you are and uh, how many lives you save. And there's people telling me, say to Eli, dear, that for minimum one month we were praying and saying Teilim, a giving Sedaka for the life of Elivir. Please let him know. We pray for him. For one, one, one is, is uh, one from Colombia and from Venezuela is writing me, telling me that he was no, no keeping Chavez. And so at the time you were in the hospital, they received wow. to keep Chavez for your saving. Wow, wow, wow. I have no words. First of all, thank you for every single person who prayed for me, who did mitzvot for me, who did masim tovim for me. I was, you know, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, but I asked, I begged Am Israel to do chesed for me. 
when I was, the doctor told me that he has to put me in a, in a ventilator in Miami. This happened almost two years ago in Purim, Purim of 2020. And uh, I was in Miami and I got, ended up in the hospital and I was laying there and the doctor said to me, we have no choice. If not, you're going to die. I said, what's my chances if you put me on a ventilator? He said, 5% chance. He said, but we have no other choice. This was in the beginning. They didn't have any medicines for nothing. And I said, okay, give me a few minutes to say goodbye to my children. And the only thing I told my children, the only thing I told my kids is do chesed. Be good Jews. And then I said goodbye to each one of them. And, uh, and the doctor says, you have to stop. You, my oxygen level is going down and down and down. I said, give me a favor. I need one more video to send to Am Israel to pray for me and to do chesed for me. And to hear this, someone from Venezuela keeping Shabbat and someone from Colombia and someone from Mexico. I love you, all of you. I love you. Thank you for saving my life. Look at this. I mean, I, almost two years now, and I'm running around. And I woke up a month after I was in a coma. A month. And then the doctors, I'll tell you a story. I didn't say the doctor, one of the doctors, one of the doctors told me, what could I do for you? I said, pray for me. He wasn't Jewish. He said to me, I'm an atheist. You know atheist. How do you say it? Ateo. Ateo. He says, I'm an atheist. I said, you know what? Do chesed. Do kindness. I told him what kindness is. If you see something, if someone needs help, do something extra for someone. Not like regular, extra. I said, okay, I'll do that. When I woke up a Monday afterwards in the hospital, a few days later, it took me a few days to get back to myself. I didn't know where I was. I was very confused. And the doctor came to visit me. And he said to me, Mr. Beer, you should just know that when you woke up, I started believing in God again. <laughs> Tell us how how was why you was in Miami and why why you was alone and because when you get the COVID you was without people. Can you tell us from where you came and from where you <laughs> was on the trips? I'll take out I'll take out my calendar and show you. <laughs> I was in a month of mitzvot. I, Baruch Hashem, I have an amazing organization in Israel running by incredible people, Moshe, Eli Polak, many great people who are there in Israel, though with myself, many people. We go out to 2,000 emergencies every day. So I need to run around speaking about Atzala, raising the money for Atzala. I have to raise money to buy more motorcycles, more ambulances, more equipment. It's never ending. So once I asked Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, I came from Bracha in Bnei Brak, I went to him. I went to Haganevsky and I said to him, Rabbi, it's so hard for me to travel so much. Could you give me a bracha? He says, Yeah, sure. I said, What do you want? I said, I want you to give me a bracha that one person have so many people who can write a check for the whole budget, no problem, right? One person should write a check. I don't have to travel. He says, Chas shalom. Every Jew in the world has, has to have a chiyuv of mitzvah. And Haganevsky told me this you will run around the world and raise money from every Jew. And I want to be the, I want to give you money too. And every time you come to Bnei Brak, come to me. Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky took out 200 shekel, 200 shekel, and he gave it to me. And I was shocked. I never, you know, such a tzaddik and such a poor guy. He doesn't have any money. He lives in a tiny apartment. And he says to me, come again. I got chizui from that. 
Afterwards, I told the rabbi, I said, please, next time, come to me and give me money. It'd be easier for me. I really did. And I said, come to Yerushalayim. When you go to Yerushalayim, you go once a year to the Kotel. Stop in Atzalah. In Sukkot. Once a year, he goes to Yerushalayim. He said, you know what? I'll make it. He was, we, we had a very good relationship. I sat with him for 25 minutes. I said, I need you to come to Atzalah. You remember this? Yeah. He says, I'm an old man. I said, I'll give me chizuk. If the rabbi comes to us, and a year later, Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky came, and he stopped in at Salah, and he gave 400 children. So I said to myself, if Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky does this, I have to go all around the world. And I go to speak and to promote, and the Kiddush Hashem is unbelievable. So that month of Kiddush Hashem, to say, to tell them a story about Jews with peot, with a beard, in Shabbat, driving a motorcycle, Hatzalah motorcycle, in Tel Aviv, to the beach, I saw this in my own eyes. I was on the beach after I was recovering from COVID. I came back to Israel. I was in Tel Aviv next to the Royal Beach. Hatzalah had an emergency on the beach. Some girl, she went into the water. They took her out. She wasn't breathing. Hatzalah, who came? The first one with a talib and peot. A guy from, he's a shibat hazir in Tel Aviv with a big kippah. He takes off his helmet with the peot and everything. He's doing CPR. On a girl in the beach, everyone's looking around. Not on the girl, they're looking at the Hasid. <laughs> Which that was a nest by itself. And this this young lady was saved on Shabbat. It's Pikuach Nefesh, Atzalat Nabashot, and Kiddush Hashem. So I go around speaking. So that month I went to India. I spoke in TED in India, TED Talk in India. I went to speak in England. I went to speak in Washington, in APAC. I went to Brooklyn. To the Jewish community in Brooklyn. I spoke there in the center. And then I went to London. Miami, London, and then Miami. I was traveling like Meshuggah. Yeah. My travel agent hates me. <laughs> Every five minutes I call him up. So I went to Miami. I got to Miami. It was Purim. I was a little exhausted. I went to uh, I went to the shul, the Rabbi Lipsker shul in Bell Harbor. I'm sure everyone was in Bell Harbor. <laughs> and when I went there, Rabbi Lipska gave me a big kiss, hugging each other and everything. Who knew about COVID and nothing? And then uh, two days later, me and Rabbi Lipska were the only ones in the ICU in Miami. We ended up, both of us, sick. No, no, tell them that you was in the hotel. Yeah, so I stayed in a hotel nearby. And the owner of the hotel always lets me stay there. And the Trump Hotel. And I stay there. And then and I didn't feel well. I was so scared that I'm maybe if I'm sick... The, maybe the lady that cleans the room, she meant to get sick for me. So I, right away, I had a spray that I sprayed everywhere in that room, and I left that hotel, and I went to the Airbnb for a few days. ¿Entendieron lo que hizo? Cuando él se dio cuenta, cuando él se dio cuenta que estaba enfermo, que seguramente tiene el COVID, ¿qué hizo? Dijo, no vaya a ser que contagie a la camarera que hace el hotel. Decidió dejar el hotel y contrató un Airbnb para vivir solo, para no contra, para que no vaya a ser que Hasbro Shalom contagia es, es la persona que se jese no es nada más en grandes dimensiones en cosas pequeñas y aparte cuando salió echaba un sprite para que no vaya a contagiar a la persona es increíble de really you are um, a, a, a very example for us for all, all, all Mexico all the world tell me about the volunteers I, I heard that uh, like uh, in Benebrac 
before the people fell down they died <laughs> in the emergency. And I heard, I, I read in Mishpacha that you say that one guy changed for, can you? Yes. So every dream, you know, every child in Israel, when I was a kid, this was many years ago, 32 years ago. Today, Baruch Hashem, I have a grandchild. Baruch Hashem, I came out of the hospital. My daughter was pregnant then. I was worried I'm never going to be a grandfather. But then, Baruch Hashem, a few months later, he has one of the members of Atala of Mexico. I love the Atala of Mexico, by the way. I'm honored tomorrow I'm going to visit the Atala of Mexico in the center here. And everyone should know about them and support them. Eli, uh, Eli, there yes. is one that write me right now and say, I can't believe that I'm listening to this class with the founder and the president of Salah because eight years ago, I was getting out from the bank with money and somebody shot me with a bullet and uh, I was almost dying and Atzalah from Mexico came and saved me the life and it wasn't from Atzalah. I would not be living and now, eight years after, I'm hearing the class with the founder and the president of Salah. This is big Kiddush Hashem, he said. So I, I, I always, to hear the stories about Atzalah here in Mexico and Atzalahs and other places, it makes me so proud because I'm an Atzalah in Israel and I see the chesed of Am Israel. It's unbelievable to see a volunteer of Atzalah coming to a shiur with a jacket and everything. So, and I just want to say that I was, where was I holding? Before. Oh, so every when I was a kid, I wanted to be on Salah. I wanted to volunteer, and I came up with this idea in Israel to, to come with the motorcycles and the, the, with the walkie-talkies. And then when I grew up, I realized everyone wants to be in Salah. Everyone. How many people want to be in Salah? The truth. Uh, everyone. Everyone. I'm sure everyone. Yeah, you just have another one. Because it's such a great feeling to help someone, save someone. You want to be a hero. You want to do mitzvot. You want to do chesed. In Israel, we have last year we had in Purim 25,000 kids dress up in Hatzalah. So when they grow up, really, every year we have so many people in the costumes. So they grow up, they want to be at Salah. So what happens? In Bene Brak, every single kid wants to be in Hatzalah. Also, because you know, you can run out of shoe anytime you want. The rabbi speaks too long, you have a Salah call, you run out. So, uh, what happens is that in B'nai Brak, we have too many volunteers at Atzalah. Before the lady falls on the floor, we have three Atzalah <laughs> So she's about to fall, and three Atzalah catches them. So many members, right? So we don't accept any more members in B'nai Brak. In some places, we are missing volunteers. In Haifa, let's say, we're missing. In the, in the Golan Heights, we're missing. So this guy wants to join Atzalah, and he calls again and again and again. And we said, sorry, we don't accept anyone in the B'nai Brak. Too many volunteers. Two months later, he calls again. He says, I want to be accepted. They said, we told you already, you know, no more. He said, no, I, I made a research. I saw you missing volunteers in Ramat Gan. Me and my family, we moved to Ramat Gan. Now I want to be like that. Maybe I'll tell them to, to Mexico, you can accept them here. <laughs> I heard about you that if you can go uh, to get to the emergency, I need seconds you can save a lot of of life i think that whenever you get there you get there before 90 seconds what you need i i, I think money is very important but 
what you also need to be in all the cities of Israel, 90 seconds to be there, uh, technology, people, what, what, what you need, what Mexico needs to be fast and to be people, uh, that's it. Or? I think that the idea and the secret of the success of Atala is the people. Because you don't see this. The fact that no one gets paid, all the volunteers, that, the volunteer in Atala, none of them get paid. I'm going to ask the volunteer here, you get paid for your work? No. When you drive to an emergency in your car, right? You pay for the gasoline, someone pays you back? No one pays you back. It costs money. Your car, the maintenance, the gasoline, it costs money. I want to tell you something, and this is a secret of Hatzalah. The fact that we have incredible people who are willing to volunteer and pay from their own pockets. Some of them don't have money. Some have, some don't have money. I have people that I know in Israel who volunteer or can hardly buy food for Shabbat. But they put money aside to have money for the gasoline on the motorcycle or the car because they, they know that if they don't have the money for gasoline, they can't save lives. Someone once told me, maybe pay back a little, a few shekels every time they go out to an emergency. Some volunteers go out to 200 emergencies a month. Crazy. 150. Of average is 80 calls a month. So I, some people say to me, give them 10 shekels every call. I said to them, if I give 10 shekels, their motivation will go down 80%. It's unbelievable. The minute you give back to a volunteer, 10 shekels, which is the gasoline or whatever, their motivation goes down. They're going to want to start getting more money. Why? 10 shekels, not enough. We want them in maybe uh, uh, health insurance, and we want this, and then we want unions. The fact that the volunteers are doing it from their heart. So our secret is volunteers. And then the second thing is technology. Every volunteer in Israel, I don't know how it works here, but tomorrow I'm going to visit here. We have a GPS technology that knows how to locate within three seconds Every volunteer, who is, where is he is. So if an emergency happens, let's say in Rehob uh, uh, Yafo, 135, and Rehob Yafo, 135, is in the middle of the Yushalayim, and someone is having a heart attack, it knows how to calculate 250 algorithms. Who's the closest? Who has the right equipment? You know, you need a defibrillator, someone a heart attack. Who has the right equipment? Who has the right knowledge? Who can get there faster? Because sometimes you see someone on GPS, he's close, but because of the traffic or because of the streets, he can't get there fast enough. So we have incredible technology. And the last thing is our transportation. We in Israel came up and invented the idea of two-wheel motors, two-wheel ambulances. It's unbelievable. We have now 1,200 motorcycles all around Israel. You see them everywhere you go. And the volunteers drive it to home. They go, they go shopping with it. They go to work with it. They go to yeshiva with this. They go to whatever they go. And they drive with it. And if an emergency happens, they don't think twice. They jump on the motorcycle and they drive to the emergency. They don't have any traffic stopping them. They don't have a problem with parking. Sometimes you have, when you come in the ambulance, you can't just stop them on the street. And, you know, in the motorcycle, you can put it on the sidewalk. And that's the, the combination between the three gives us a success. Nice. You, Zahita or Asita Kedeliot, a founder of United Atsala. Is Lechaz Hutabot, Ulaya Aba, Ima, Kama Yuba Chesed, 
או זה נולד ממך, זה יכול להיות מתי שיש לך אבא, אבל אולי ראית משהו באבא, באימא, בסבא, או רק מה שראית בבית בגן כשהיה את הפיגוע, זה שנולד לך כדי לעזור. First of all, thank you so much for asking this question. I never get this question, and I want to, I want to say it's a big spoof to having this question. Look, I, I admired my father very, very, very much. My father, he was an incredible man, Gabriel Beer, and he grew up in, in New York, in the Lower East Side. In 1928, he was born. So when he was a young kid, 10, 12 years old, the Shoah, the Holocaust was going on in Europe. What? The Holocaust was going down in Europe in, in the time my father was a little boy in, in the Lower East Side. And I remember the stories my father told me when I was a kid, maybe five years old, my father told me. When he was heard what's going on in Europe, he went with a pushka. You know what a pushka is? My father went from store to store to store to raise money to save Jews from Europe. My father didn't have any relatives in America. He was third generation American. So he had cousins, maybe far cousins, but he didn't really have anyone close. But he knew Jews were in trouble. And he was a kid. And he went raising money. And my father told me a story when I was a kid. And that, that really gave me the cough. My father told me that he once went into a store, a gold store, someone was selling diamonds, gold, and different things. And in, uh, not on 47th Street, I don't know where. And he said that the man, the Jewish man, told my father, get out of here. The Jews in Europe should take care of themselves. We don't have to take care of the Jews in Europe. My father told me this story. He was crying when he told me this story. I was a little boy. And my father's crying. And I, I said to my father, I was crying when I heard this. How could a Jew say anything like that? Jews were getting murdered in Europe. And he says, the Jewish problem is not the, American, the Jews in Europe are not my problem. What about responsibility? How are we, we're, we're Jews, doesn't matter. In, in Damascus, in Iraq, in Yemen, in, in Syria, everywhere. My father said to me, I was crying outside of this little shop. And I said to myself, I'm not gonna give up because of one Jew. And he went to another store and that person gave him $5, which is a lot of money then. And he said to my father, thank you so much for coming and giving me the mitzvah. To help save Jews. When I heard this from my father, what my father did as a kid, and then when he, and then later on, when they were, were raising money for the state of Israel to buy guns, <laughs> and um, you have to stop this. Sorry, I hope you hear me now. And my father, my father went ahead and he raised money. And then he went to Israel in 1949 to build a, a kibbutz in Israel. Kumemiyut. My father helped build Kumemiyut. It's a religious kibbutz in the south of Israel. So when I heard all these stories from my father, I went, I said, I want to be like my father. And I'm saying this to all of you, whoever's listening. When you do mitzvot, share it with your children. Share every mitzvah. You know, you buy a car. Your kids see the car, they see the beautiful car. You buy a watch, the kids see the watch. You buy a nice suit, your kids see the suit. They say, oh, I like that suit. I want to have a suit like that. But when you do a mitzvah, you don't always show your kids the mitzvah. From now on, you should always make sure that your kids see the mitzvah. Not because you want to show off. 
You want him to follow your, your ways. And that's how I was followed by my father. And I was Zohim, by the way, to save my father. My father was saved by Hatzalah. When he had a heart attack on Shabbat afternoon, my father was saved. And this hoot of saving a father is the biggest hoot in the world. And I'll never forget that my father opened his eyes in the hospital. And the doctor said, your son saved your life. And what a great feeling it was for me as a child, his son. What? I Three hard questions, but I want to start with the first one you asked. Um, I hope that people understand what I'm saying in English, but I just want to say that I think that everyone who has a dream to start a business or to start uh, chesed, you have to say what I want to do. And it's hard. Everything. Business is hard. To start a family is hard. Everything is hard. Starting a chesed organization is very, very hard. But I want to just give a personal advice. I didn't start thinking, I want to build United Hatzalah. I don't want to change the way people are getting saved in Israel. I wanted to save one person. That's all I wanted, to save one person. And then when I saved one person, I said, wow, that's an amazing feeling. It's not, nothing better. When I saw this man, the Halakha survivor, 70 years old, that I saved his life, I said, you know what? I want to save another person. And I said, I want to get some more people to be with me. So we had 15 volunteers. I got 20, 25, 30. But I had a dream of saving one person. And that's why slowly, slowly, this dream was fulfilled and more people joined me and more people, and it grew and it grew and it grew. And I just say that once you have that mission of saving one person or helping one person, then you succeed. I always used to listen to uh, people winning the Nobel Prize or winning a big prize. 
What do you want to do? I want to make peace in the world. You can't make peace in the world. Make peace in your family. Make peace in your community. Make peace in the shul. Make peace in your neighborhood, in your street, and then to another street and another street. That's my advice to anyone who wants to start any organization that helps people. Just start small. And your second question about my fulfillment. I promise you, you can't, you can't give me any satisfaction more than what I have now. I had in Hatzalah once the founder of Waze. You heard of Waze, yeah? Waze. Once it was a small company, and we started working with them many, many years ago when we, our technology was very, very smart technology. And Waze wanted to work with us to connect. They wanted to see how we go to emergencies really quickly. Years later, I met him, and he said, you know, you're such a smart guy, you could have started Uber. Because our technology that we created could have started Uber. So I said to him, I feel bad for the founders of Uber. They didn't think of starting on Salah. <laughs> Honestly, they would have been a lot happier. Yes, they have more money than me, that's for sure. But I'm not sure about happy. When I see this, I'll tell you something. I, I was flying to America, and I came to New York. I was invited to a bar mitzvah of a child. I didn't know who this kid is. I get a hazmanah, a bar mitzvah. Many times, I don't know, maybe a volunteer, maybe someone. So it said to him, you have to, they said, you, you saved his life. Now, I went out to a lot of emergencies in my lifetime, in bomb attacks and shootings, and I couldn't remember. You know, I saved a lot of kids, so I'm thinking, so I called the family. I looked, I looked the number. They have a, I said, me, me at them. Like they told me he's the only kid I ever treated. So I said, look, this is 12 years ago. No, 11 years ago. He was two years old. I was in my house in Ramot. I live in Ramot on the top floor of a building. No elevator. 65 steps. You're all invited. It's good exercise. And I live in the top floor. Beautiful view of Jerusalem but no elevator. So when I have an emergency, I have to run down all the steps. And this is 11 years ago. I get a call. It was a rainy, rainy day in Jerusalem. A lot of rain. It was slippery. And my building, and people were coming in and out. It was wet. So I slipped down. The last uh, steps, I slipped down. on the. I slipped a lot of pain, and I felt I broke them. And I had a lot of pain. So I go on the Hatzalah walkie-talkie, and I said, and I asked the uh, emergency dude, do you have anyone else going? Because I can't go. A kid is not breathing. A kid is not breathing. That was the emergency. A child not breathing. So I said, anyone else available? They said, no, no one's available. You're the only one that had a lot of emergencies going on. So with my one leg, I jumped into my car. And I drove. I, I got to this uh, little, uh, uh, like a gun. You know, Gani Ladim. The kid ate something and he choked. Not breathing. I was with pain, a lot of pain, but a little baby. You forget about the pain and the adrenaline and everything. And I started working on the kid, and Bo Hashem, he started crying. Bo, he saved his life. And then another volunteer came. Once he came, I said, take him over. And I laid down. I had to, they had to call an ambulance for me. I ended up in, in Sharitzedek Hospital. Downstairs, and they put a cast on me. And I broke my leg. And then they, put, they took me on the, in the wheelchair upstairs to the top floor, and the kid was there. And I was holding the kid, the baby was alive and everything. And I remember I remember that story, but I didn't know who the kid is. And then I got invited for the bar mitzvah. Let me ask you, what's better than that? What's better? 
a vacation in Cancun. <laughs> so that answers that question. I don't remember what the third one is. איך אתה מתמודד עם כל העולם, שזה, השיטה זה אחרת. השיטה, כל העולם מדבר על עצמו, על אגואיסט. Look, I tell you what, it took me time, you know, everyone has ego and everyone has this. I realized I saw people in the worst conditions, in the worst, worst conditions. Very, very successful and wealthy people. Billionaires who were laying there with terrible situation, heart problems, all the things, and they're laying there, and they, in one second, life is over, in one second. And I realized that there is nothing really in this world by not enjoying the moment and being humble about everything. You could be the richest guy in the world, but in one second, Hashem takes you away from this world. So I deal with, I see, I see miracles all day. I see miracles. And I saw it's a lot here. See miracles every day. You see the guy; he was shot by a uh, a guy who in the bank. And he's alive today. You see miracles. Then you, if you could deal with every difficulty when you know that in the end of the day you're dependent on Hashem. The whole world is surrounded. I personally, a year and a half ago, almost died, and you know it gave me cough to continue. One more. What your wife say about your job? <laughs> well, Gitty, I don't know if you met her, but I really think that she's a hundred times better than me. Honestly, um, she's my second wife. When she married me, I was married already to Hatzalah, <laughs> so it makes it easier, you know. <laughs> so she knew already what she's getting into. Uh, the first year of my marriage, she asked me, please, don't go out to calls at night. I'm scared. You know? <laughs> so I, one year, I kept my promise. I didn't go at night. I said, I'm not going out to calls for the first year. She was never a volunteer about Salah. And my kids were born. They used to see me coming, going out on Shabbat on every day, coming back with a smile. I used to come back home on Shabbat with a smile. I just helped someone. I just came back with a great feeling. My kids used to look at me. I, I, you know, kids look at their parents and they see their satisfaction. They also want to be like them. So I remember my children, my wife, looking at me jealous. Really, they always wanted. My daughter, when she was 16 years old, decided she wants to learn how to save lives. But we don't accept girls that age. So I told her, go volunteer in the ambulance in Jerusalem. She went to volunteer. She had a great time. Then my other daughter wanted to do this. And my other daughter... And then my wife got a little jealous that we are four, four people saving lives, three daughters and, my, and myself. So my wife decided seven years ago to go join and become a volunteer. She, it took her a long time, like almost a year to train and everything. And I can say something that if it wasn't for her giving the support to travel around the world and go and speak about Atzalah and build this Atzalah, I wouldn't have Atzalah in Israel would not exist if it wasn't for her. But I'll tell you a secret. A few years ago, she started volunteering in the emergency room. We have a project in Atzalah, in United Atzalah, that we go every hospital in Israel. Volunteers of United Atzalah, I recommend for you to do this too. Volunteers of United Atzalah volunteer in the emergency room. It's unbelievable. They come and they help people. They do IVs, they do EKGs, they do everything. In the hospital? In the hospital. You know, sometimes people wait three, four hours for a doctor or a nurse to come over. You do it? You learn more. You learn more. It's a win-win-win-win situation. 
So my wife went to every Sunday to Adasa Hospital, every Sunday. One day she says, I want to go to medical school. I said, oh, you want me to be a single father? <laughs> and anyways, this is a third year in Ben Gurion University learning medicine. She's probably going to end up with a very high degree of a paramedic. But this is the beauty. When you show a good example, your family want to, when your family want to continue and they want to, and they want to learn from you. And I'm very proud of all my kids. Now, my two kids, two of my daughters married Hatzalah volunteers. So I have now uh, three, five, six, seven. When we have emergencies in the house, they're fighting who's going to go to every emergency. Eli, I have a big question here. Very big question from Argentina. Somebody told me, Eli, you know that Hashem runs the world, Midah Keneged Midah, and you've been saving a lot of lives. When you was in the hospital, almost dying, Barminam, you don't you don't talk to Hashem and say or feeling that Hashem never is gonna never never gonna uh, quit your life after you save so much lives. That that is a very very powerful question. I had a lot of spikot in Muna. Truth is, I was laying there in bed with a lot of pain. I don't know if everyone, anyone felt what COVID is. Anyone had COVID here? But the real COVID, the real, real COVID, not the sneezing and the hapchu and everything. I'm talking about the real COVID. I know I can show you an example of what COVID means, my, my type of COVID when you can't breathe. You have a cell phone, right? Any of you ever had a very, very important phone call to do, but you had no reception? You ever had that? You need that phone call, but no reception. And you're looking everywhere for that reception. One, it's like oxygen. You need that reception to make the phone call. That's how I felt. I'm breathing, but nothing's coming in. And I'm looking. I go out to the window. I'm breathing. Nothing. That's how I felt. And then when I was laying in bed and the doctor said to me that I'm, they're going to have to put me in a ventilator, I, I said, how can I share? You know, I went for, it says, what does that mean? I was a shaliyah mitzvah. I really went for one purpose, to promote and, and raise money for United Hatzalah. And I said, how can Hashem do it? And when I woke up, this is a, an incredible story. I didn't share this a lot. Moshe Levy works for Hatzalah. He's the head of the logistics of Hatzalah. He works, he's an amazing guy in Yerushalayim. He's a big, smart, Tamit Chacham too. He says to me, when I came back to Israel, he says, Hashem loves you. I said, what do you mean Hashem loves you? He told me this, no? No. I said, Hashem loves me. He said, yeah, he saved you. I said, what do you mean? He saved me. He also almost killed me. How can you say someone killed you and almost saved you? You know, it doesn't make sense that he loves me. If he loved me, he wouldn't have done this to me in the first place. It was a lot of, a lot of trouble I went through. So he said to me, Ellie, you should just know this. You went through very hard times going around the world, traveling and, and speaking places. Sometimes when people see you, they run away from you. They're scared. You're going to ask them for money, you know? You know, many times people see me, they run away. <laughs> and he said, people don't respect you running around. They said, oh, this guy's asking me again for money, for money, what's money? And this thing. He says, you never had kabod in your life. He said, people when they die, this is amazing. He said, people when they die, people come for the Shiva. They say, your father was such a great man. He did so many good things. And he starts saying stories only after they die. He said, Hashem gave you through this whole thing. For you go to whole thing to give you chizuk that you could go another hundred, another fifty years doing wow. this. He says because you saw the kavod people have for you during your lifetime, 
when you were going through laying there in bed, the whole world was breaking. People didn't mean for you, like you said before. And you should look at that and say, Hashem get chesed with you. He wanted you to see how many people love you. Otherwise, people, you would never see that. And we never have the strength to continue what you're doing. So the strength I have tonight from here, being here tonight, and this guy in Venezuela, and this morning in Argentina, and here in Mexico and other places, gives me chizuk to continue the work of Hashem, saving lives in Kiddush Hashem. So I really appreciate this thank question, you. and thank you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Moshe. Uri, ¿quieres poner un video a decirlos? Can you bless us? Because uh, your bless is very important. Como cada lunes, Jam Suri seguirá la clase para que la gente no se salga del Zoom. Ok, ya. Eh, sure. eh, Eli. Va a ser una braja. Ok. okay. Actually, I'm not a braja. I, you know, I, they have rabbis for that. I just want to wish all of you to feel that how chesed is important and you should be, you should make chesed as part of your mission in life. Every day, and I said that they have a mitzvah every Jew in the world is to learn Torah. Every, but the to make a certain time of day to be covetous. But chesed, you're not allowed to be covetous. You have to do it 24 hours a day. So I'm, I'm wishing all of you, all of you, you should have the chesed in, in, in part of your family, part of yourself, 24-7. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. When I was sick, he was with me. He's with me for so many years. He's a lawyer, by the way. He's a lawyer in Israel. And he puts his time and efforts to save lives himself, but also to promote Hatzalah and get more people to support Hatzalah. So I'm urging you today to support Hatzalah locally and in Israel. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, Moshe. Thank you. Thank you. No se vayan porque Hamzuri va a seguir la clase. Por favor, no se vayan. Continuar. Suri, vas a seguir tú. Suri. Sí, aquí estoy. Suri. ¿Qué pasó? Seguimos en vivo. Síguele, por favor. Seguimos en vivo. Sigue. Hola a todos. Así danos Musa Rujani de lo que es Geset. Sí, sí, pero. Algunas dicen. Un segundo. Pueden ir poniendo el video en lo que hablamos un minuto el video nomás. Mucho gusto. No se vaya familia Gamzum que seguirá todos los días. Aquí al lado. Sí, estoy a media clase con el día. ¿Van a poner el video o, o seguimos? Sigue y lo ponemos al final. Sigue tú hablando y lo ponemos al final. 
Queremos agradecer a Ham Abraham Cohen por su traducción, por su ayuda. Un honor tenerlo como siempre. Chisquela Misbot Ham Abraham. Adelante, su dice que no no, no, 20 minutos. ¿Sí? Vamos, Uri. Sí. Ok, vamos. Bueno, pues la verdad, la verdad, muy. Sí, sí ya sé, ya. Bienvenido, por favor. Sí. Súper. Gracias. Abrazo. Bueno, la verdad. Muy emocionado. ¿Qué, ¿Qué les puedo decir? Miren, mi inglés y mi hebreo no fue el máximo, no fue el mejor. Espero que hayan entendido. Pero lo que siempre hemos dicho en los shurim de que hay gente que cambia el mundo, estas personas que tuvimos aquí enfrente de nosotros, gente sencilla, gente humilde, es gente que ha cambiado el mundo. Eh, yo quiero resaltar dos, tres puntos que él habló, que me daba ganas de interrumpirlo para decirlo. Número uno, ¿cómo empezó? ¿Cómo empezó? No empezó él. Por eso le quise preguntar, ¿crees que tú fuiste el que empezaste? No. Y él no se había dado cuenta que toda esta inspiración, que todo este, este gran proyecto de Atzalá de cerca de 1.500 o 2.000 este, 2000 emergencias diarias, todo empezó en su padre. En que su papá de chiquito juntaba Tzedakah y le contó a su hijo, a Eli, que él se iba a juntar dinero y lo avergonzaban o le gritaban, no vamos a ayudar. Y él iba a ayudar a sus hermanos de Europa sin tener parientes, sin tener nada que ver con la gente de allá. Eso, esa es la raíz, esa es la semilla de Libir. Él no empezó esta gran organización, la empezó sus padres. Y creo que es lo que dice el Pasuk, cada uno de nosotros tiene que sembrar en nuestros hijos eso el hacer jesed, el hacer mitzvot. Tú no sabes hasta dónde va a llegar un acto. Tú lo ves pequeño, pero vean ese acto de su papá de niño. Estamos hablando de hace 100 años. Ese acto de hace 100 años está repercutiendo en todo clan Israel. Después de casi 100 años, estamos en México hablando de un masé que hizo una persona hace 100 años. Para el judaísmo no existen cosas pequeñas. Todo lo que haces tiene una repercusión. No hay pequeñeces, dice el Hafez Haim. La persona tiene que, hacer, que ver las mitzvot con los binoculares. Gracias. ¿Saben qué hacen los binoculares? ¿Qué hacen los binoculares? Hacen todo de cerca y grande. Todos los actos que hagas en tu vida tienes que verlos grandes y de cerca. Tú no sabes la repercusión. Si algo el yudí tiene prohibido en la vida, ¿saben qué es? ser superficial, no hay superficial todo no tiene repercusiones para bien y para mal estaba feliz, estaba contento de estar junto de él porque de verdad, hablamos y hablamos que el mundo cambia por, por la gente, por los individuos aquí tenemos un ejemplo claro, no de vivir del papá de vivir que hizo que cambie, que le nazca ayudar, ver por los demás y vean lo que salió vean esta, esta organización tan hermosa de salvar vidas todos los días, porque por un acto pequeño. Lo mismo podemos pensar en todos nosotros. Y eso nos tiene que dar autoestima, valorarnos. Acos Bajur no quiere que, hacer, que hagas mitzvot. Necesita que mejor que hagas mitzvot. Necesita gente como el Ibir, como el papá de Ibir. Necesita gente como cada uno de nosotros 
que hagamos este, este tipo de mitzvot. ¿Y saben qué? Estamos en la parasha de Nase Benishma. Nase, ahorita hay que hacer Benishma. Después vamos a escuchar los resultados. El problema es que nosotros queremos resultados de inmediato, queremos satisfacciones de inmediatas. Me gustó mucho lo que dijo. No sé si se entendió bien o no, de que él se rompió el pie para ir a salvar a un niño, a un bebé que se atragantó, pero le salvó la vida. Y después de 12 años o 13 años, lo invitaron al pan mitzvah. Y con el pie roto, estaban en el mismo hospital, él y el bebé subió al piso de hasta arriba y lo cargó. ¿Escucharon lo que dijo? La satisfacción que tuve en ese momento, ningún viaje. Nada material me llena como el momento de haber cargado a ese bebé. Imagínense lo que sintió en el momento del bar mitzvah. Son satisfacciones espirituales. Son satisfacciones que llenamos a la Nishamá. Eso hay que buscarlo. No es en generaciones de hace 100, 200, 400 años. Eso es lo que a mí, por un lado, me preocupa. Porque después de 120 años, ¿sean quién nos va a juzgar? No nos va a juzgar el Hafez Haim ni el Gaon de Vila. Nos va a juzgar la gente que estuvo en tu generación. Para que no pongas pretextos. Para que no digas, bueno, si yo hubiera estado en la generación del Hafez Haim o del Gaon de Vila, obviamente que yo hubiera sido, sido mejor persona. Oye, en tu generación existe una persona llamada Elibir que viajó 200 días fuera de su casa, no para conocer eh, Dubái, Australia y Miami y Los Ángeles. Para ver por los judíos, para preocuparse por los demás. Ok, tú no puedes viajar 200 días, pero no puedes dar 200 minutos, 200 segundos por el otro. O sea, por un lado, qué padre conocer este tipo de personas, pero por el otro lado, nos compromete. Me contó él ayer que fui a verlo al hotel. Que a, que a él y a su esposa lo invitó una persona muy rica, que es un donador muy fuerte de Atzalá, a un parco, a un yate con 35 cuartos. ¿Se imaginan la dimensión y el tamaño del yate? 35 cuartos. Y le dijo Eli a su esposa, Vamos, no, yo no me interesa, ni me gustan los yates, ni tengo tiempo, pero me conviene porque es, hago relaciones con esta persona, porque me dona mucho. ¿Qué dijo su esposa? No tengo tiempo, yo estoy estudiando, yo quiero ser voluntaria, yo quiero ayudar, no hay tiempo, tengo que viajar de Israel a Estados Unidos. Luego el yate, una semana. no hay tiempo. De verdad les digo, hay gente que no viene a este mundo a gastar el tiempo, a invertir. Y sí, cuesta trabajo. Hacer geset cuesta trabajo. Pero también hay satisfacción. Una satisfacción, ya te dijo, ni un viaje a Cancún, ni un yate, se compara a la satisfacción de ayudar, de salvarle la vida a un yodí, de hacer sentir bien a un yodí. Y ya, ya sé que el Yitzhak se les va a meter. Bueno, si yo fuera el presidente de Atzalá, es que no empezó como presidente de Atzalá, empezó con cosas pequeñas. Me volví loco. Lástima, ya no dio tiempo de, de que cuente. ¿Ustedes creen que nada más ayuda a grandes personas? Ayer estaba, estaba sentado con él. Está, 
Estaba yo sentado con él y este... Un segundito. ¿Qué cree? Y de repente me dice, Suri, perdón, tengo que tomar esta llamada. Tomo la llamada. ¿Ya llegaste? ¿Ya aterrizaste? Ah, qué bueno. Bye, bye. Qué bueno. Gracias. Es que la mitzvot. Le dije, oye, Eli, ¿qué pasó? ¿Me puedes decir? Y dice, es que te voy a decir una cosa. En Suiza hay una señora de 90 años que le dio el COVID. Y a su hija de 70 años también le dio COVID. By the way, eran gente, Nitzol Shoah. Y necesitaban una medicina especial. Necesitaban una medicina muy especial. Conseguí un voluntario de Monsi en Estados Unidos para que compre la medicina y se la lleve a Suiza y ya llegó. No crean que nada más él es el presidente y una viejita de 90 años. Se preocupa porque porque una persona en Nueva York le llegue. Me dijo algo fabuloso. Dijo, Suri, ¿tú conoces la Coca-Cola? Claro que conozco la Coca-Cola. Dijo, ¿tú conoces el director de la Coca-Cola? No, la verdad no. El director de la Coca-Cola no sé quién es. Dijo, exactamente es lo que yo quiero en 100 años que pasen. No me importa que sepan quién es el Ibir. Lo que me importa es que sepan quién es Atzalá. ¿Quién es United Atzalá? Es gente que nace de Nishma. Hace actos, pero quiere que el Nishma no sea en él. No se quiere parar el cuello. No quiere ser, yo fui el que hice esto. No. Es una persona que vea qué humildad se sentó aquí con nosotros, platicó. Es una persona que se junta con gente muy rica, con Zafara y gente de los más ricos del mundo. Gente que me dijo, en el Knesset en Israel me he sentado 20 veces con, con los políticos, con los presidentes, con los primeros ministros. Eso no me importa. A mí lo que importa es salvar gente. Dijo, bueno, ya hiciste United Atala, ya tiene 6 mil voluntarios. Su esposa ya no lo dijo, o ya no sé si lo aclaró muy bien. Hizo Dijo, no se vale que muchas veces hay mujeres que necesitan una emergencia y lleguen hombres a salvarlas. Muchas veces ese hombre puede ser su vecino, puede ser el moré de su hijo, o puede ser su yerno, o puede ser su suegro. La verdad, es incómodo. Entonces su esposa empezó a ser voluntarias mujeres de Atzalá. Hoy en día ya logró hacer mil voluntarias mujeres, mil en Eretz Israel. Y dice que una estaba en Shabbat y se tuvo que ir su esposa a una emergencia de una mujer que abortó en casa. Difícil. Se tardó tres horas su esposa. Dijo, oye, ¿qué pasó? Tres horas, perdón. Dijo, es que llegamos y había hombres. Les pedimos que se vayan. Le ayudamos, la limpiamos. Le ayudamos con sus hijos. La abrazamos. Era su primer hijo, su primer bebé. Eso solo una mujer lo puede hacer. No un hombre. Si ¿Sí me entienden, no es nada más ir a la emergencia y se acabó. Piensan mucho más en los sentimientos. Me contó Moshe que muchas veces llegan a una sala donde se tiene que ir el esposo y la esposa porque está aliviando, porque Barminan uno de los dos están muy mal y se los tienen que llevar al hospital y se va la pareja 
Hijo Suri, ¿quién se queda con los niños? Hay niños de dos años, de cuatro años, de seis años, de ocho años. ¿Quién se queda con ellos? Hay veces los vecinos, hay veces no hay vecinos. Nosotros, la gente de Atchalá, nos quedamos con ellos. Es un mundo de Gesed. Dije, es que tú eres Gaón de Gesed. Dijo, no, en Gesed. No hay que ser Gaón, hay que ser Meshuga, hay que estar locos por hacer Gesed. Hay que estar locos por hacer Gesed. ¿Saben qué fue lo mejor? Lo mejor. ¿Cómo le hizo para contagiar a su esposa y a sus hijos? Lo que siempre nos hablan del show, sonríe, regresaba de las emergencias, no, uff, qué difícil, qué, hice Gilul Shabbat con una sonrisa de oreja a oreja. La mejor manera de contagiar a la gente que haga Torah Mitzvot no es dando clases, no es hablando con ellos, no es convenciéndolos, es que tú hagas las Mitzvot con alegría. El día que tú aprendas a hacer las mitzvot con alegría, dijo dos puntos muy importantes, las mitzvot que haces, compártelas con tus hijos compárteselas tu coche, tus viajes, todo lo ven, pero las mitzvot que tú haces muchas veces no se notan me hizo recordar, una vez fui a casa de un, una persona muy Yereshamayim aquí en México, toda su casa, todo su pasillo lleno de cuadros de gente que le dio o de yeshivot o mozot que donóse de acá. El señor Reuben donóse de acá. Toda su casa, en vez de tener cuadros de Picasso, cuadros de gente que le dio para donóse de acá, le pregunté, oye, ¿por qué tienes aquí estos cuadros? Normalmente estos cuadros los tenemos en la oficina. Pues es porque en la oficina quién viene, mis clientes y mis proveedores. Yo no necesito que ni mis clientes, mis proveedores sepan que yo soy Batsi de acá. Yo los pongo en mi casa porque mis hijos, a eso sí me interesa. Quiero compartir con ellos que soy una persona válida acá. Es lo que dijo el Tus mitzvot, número uno, compártelas con tus hijos. Y número dos, disfrútalas. Tus hijos no van a hacer lo que tú haces. Tus hijos van a hacer lo que tú valoras, lo que tú amas, lo que tú te emocionas. Para mí es un ejemplo muy grande y un compromiso más grande de que de ver por los demás, de preocuparse por los demás. Todos, ¿escucharon lo que dijo Torah? Hay que fijar un tiempo. Uno estudiamos una hora, otros dos, otros cuatro. Cabate Jim la Torah, No puedes poner un tiempo. Cuando te necesiten, a la hora que necesites, lo que tengas para dar, tienes que aprender a dar. ¿Y con qué? Con alegría. ¿Quieres que tus hijos aprendan a ser Gesed? Sonríe cuando ser Gesed. ¿Quieres que tus hijos aprendan a estudiar Torah? Sonríe cuando estudiar Torah. ¿Quieres que tus hijos cuiden Shabbat? Sonríe cuando cuiden Shabbat. Es increíble este ser humano como el chip lo tiene completamente a ser Gesed. Completamente. Les voy a decir cómo. Al final, cuando lo fui ayer a, a, a ver ayer al, al hotel, dije, Eli, ¿me puedes dar una baja? Tienes muchos de Juyot. Hay miles de personas y cientos de miles de personas que viven por ti. Que tienen un papá, que tienen una mamá, que tienen un hijo. Que estudian Torah, que hacen jefe, todo por ti. 
Yo dije, me va a dar una braja que tenga larga vida. Siempre me me dio. Te va a dar una braja. Miren cómo todo lo conecta sí. con Jesús. Que todas las brajot que tú digas, la te las cumple para ti. Así que empieza a ir a bendecir a la gente. O sea, hasta su manera de dar braja me enseñó de cómo una persona da una braja cuando es Valjesa. No sirve darte una braja, no, no, no. Quiero que tú vayas a dar verajot, haz geset y entonces mis verajot se van a cumplir. Asherenu matov helkenu, acabo con esto que les voy a decir una vez. Dijo un maestro en la universidad de que eh, la teoría de Darwin, la teoría de Darwin es que venimos de los monos, de los animales, ¿no? Entonces estaba allí una persona, creo que el Birkat Shmuel, El Birkat Shmuel era el alumno de Rafael Mibrisk. Dijo, ese maestro en la universidad dijo que venimos de las de los monos porque no conoció a Rafael. Si él hubiera conocido a Rafael Mibrisk, no se atrevería a decir que nosotros venimos de los monos. Yo les quiero decir lo mismo. Con eso quiero terminar. Si una persona conoce a gente como la que estamos viendo ahorita, dos cosas les voy a decir. Una, Si una persona conocería a Elibir y lo que hace, seguro Darwin no diría que venimos de los monos. No hay manera. No existe que una persona con tanto corazón, con tanto jefe, puede venir de un animal. No existe en la vida. Hay que aprender. Hay que aprender de esa gente. Aunque sea un poquito. No hay que hacer proyectos grandes. Y voy a acabar con algo. Miren. Salvar el cuerpo es algo maravilloso. Pero lo que está haciendo Eli Levi y yo soy más de no es salvar el cuerpo, salvar el alma. Y eso, eso vale millones. Eso vale millones. Claro que sin cuerpo no tenemos alma, pero no, miren, no por en balde se llama Eli y Eli, Eli Bir y Eli. En la Gemara existe un Gesra Shabbat. De verdad, él y yo, si Israel, que hacemos, los bendiga, los cuida, los proteja, les dé larga vida, que sigan haciendo esta labor tan importante de salvar almas. Ustedes son United Atzala of the Menefesh. Él y Viri Moshe son United Atzala of the Guf, pero ustedes son United Atzala of the Menefesh, que hacemos, los cuida y los protege. Sé que hubo muchas interrupciones, sé que hubo en inglés y eso, pero de verdad, escuchen la grabación. Creo que tiene mucho, mucho, usar muchas de las cosas que vamos a aprender de esta clase maravillosa. Que Hashem los cuide, los protege, los bendiga a todos, les mande larga vida a todos. Muchas gracias a todos. Gracias, Hamsuri Katan, por otro lunes especial. Gracias por tu intervención en hablar y en traer a Eli Bir y a Moshe Teitelbaum, que fue una magna conferencia, que como dices tú, el que escucha los conceptos va a cambiar la vida. Gracias a José Ventolila por salvarnos en esta situación y prestar su teléfono. Querido José, tú eres parte de GamZoom. Gracias, claro. hermano, por salvarnos. Porque Con gusto. Si no fuera por ti, no hubiera de hoy. Gracias, familia GamZoom Letovales. Queremos recordar que mañana está con nosotros Ham Shalomó Antebi, Raba Rashid, de la comunidad Maguen David. Eh, perdón, Tawil. Ham Shalomó Tawil. Miércoles, Ham Shalomó Benjamu. Jueves, Ham Yaakov Nakash. Y así seguimos toda la semana. Ham Yossi Mizrahi, adelante, Tzadik. Ham Zuri, qué, inspira- qué inspiración, qué emocional, increíble. La verdad, lo que extrajo hoy, 
fue una lección, unos conceptos increíbles que no va a quedar. No sabe los comentarios, los comentarios que escucharon de escuchar una persona así, lleno de GESET. Y la pregunta que usted le preguntó esa, ¿de dónde viene el GESET? Esa fue la máxima, porque esa fue la que contestó increíble. Gracias, que Borán le dice que pueda seguir. Jajam Zuri, la Dirtola la dirá, salvar a Gracias, mi querido José. Gracias por salvarnos la noche, por la verdad. Bueno, así es, siempre, los mejores. Muy bien, muy bien, muy bien. Cola acabó. Te quiero mucho. Gracias. Me vino a la mente que una vez dijo Hamsuri, ¿cuándo empieza la emuná de la persona? Cuando la cabeza ya no da más. Si este hombre que ha salvado tantas vidas estaba al borde de la muerte y perdió un poco la emuná, dijo él claramente que tuvo tantas dudas de emuná en ese momento. Si él perdió la emuná, ¿cuánto hay que trabajar para tener emuná y vitajón en la vida? para saber que todo es de Boreolam y que Boreolam tiene sus tiempos y sus momentos. Así dijiste tú alguna vez, la emuná empieza cuando la cabeza ya no da más. ¿Qué dice Rafael que Elías? Exactamente. Pero bueno, él dijo algo precioso de que ese Raf que le dijo, dijo Dios te hizo eso porque hay veces una persona trabaja, 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 trabaja. No es fácil, la gente se esconde de ti, la gente muchas veces tiene desalientos muy fuertes, gente rica que a lo mejor le habla fuerte o tiene, todos vemos el lado bonito de Atzalá, no vemos el lado difícil, o ver gente que lo alen fallece, o gente que está sufriendo y no pueden salvarla y a Barhu, él escogió, esa es la manera, pero si ustedes ven el video, ojalá y lo puedan poner ahorita, el video de cuando llegó a Eretz Israel y cómo lo recibieron todas las motos y todas las ambulancias de Atzalá lo dijo. Eso fue lo que le dio fuerza para trabajar otros 50 o 70 años. Es, es, es increíble, como, como dices, a Barhu sabe sus caminos y sabe a cada quien pagarle lo que es al final todo se sabe, no es en el Olamapa, en este mundo. Por favor, quiero, Jamiosi, si se puede. Ahora vamos a 